Welcome everyone to Almost Cancelled the TV News Podcast. I am Peter and I'm joined as always by Connor. Functionally existent. Yes. It's been a few weeks. I was on vacation for a week and we were so busy getting ahead and other things the week before I left that we've not been here for a few weeks. So this is a return, our glorious return to your weekly Almost Cancelled News. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, should I expect a lot? Given that the you know we missed a few weeks. No, no, I I just went back a week. I I, I was restrained because it'd have been very easy to build a you know four hour episode <laughs> if I'd went yeah. back and done all the news that we missed uh, yeah. from from the start. But uh, there are some interesting things from the past week, and you know it's good to be back and uh, you know get into the swing of things again. Uh, as for new things this week, there was a. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities launched on Netflix, which is a, a horror anthology show. Uh, mm. Did the pilot of that, which was a, was a decent little horror anthology episode. It was very Tales from the Crypt, I would say. So I'm sure some of them are better than others. Very lately. Uh, interesting release they did with that. They released two per day over four days. That makes sense. It's not quite the weekly release that I'd be hoping for, but I, I get why they wanted to have them all in October. Yeah, yeah, kind of putting them like the week of Halloween like that. Like, that, that works. Still, so you could have done two a week for like the month and sort of rode it throughout the month. Yeah. I guess they're worried that was just too spread out for people to come back to with it being an anthology with no specific hook episode to episode to make people come back. I guess. What's funny is the end of the first episode had a, a very Doctor Who esque this season on. Uh, Cabinet of Curiosities. The Doctor Who. There, there's, there's, we, did, uh, we did have the episode uh, this week. I, I've got a Doctor Who news and the, the thing I'm a jig. Better have. Uh, although I feel like what you want to talk about specifically is not what I've got. But uh, no, do you know but, what? I'm not going to talk about the spoilers of, of the episode, but it was I, I enjoyed it. But there is actual news. I know, I'm aware. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, if you want to bring up some of the, the other things that are related when we get there, that, by all means. Uh, plus, Quantum Loop uh, back and catching up on that this week. Uh, that episodes five and six. So uh, getting back in the swing of things, all of the classic shows we review every week, uh, whether that's me and Connor or me and Tara, uh, those are all back in Patreon this week, and they'll all be back for everyone next week on YouTube. Yeah. So I know uh, you guys have been enjoying Quantum Leap. I'm seeing a lot of buzz that it might get cancelled. It's kind of on the bubble. Well, what's so weird about that is that it literally just got extra episodes ordered like a week ago or two weeks ago. Yeah. So I'm not... all, all I'm seeing is, oh, it's on the bubble. It's not looking good for it. Well, I think that's just more to do with NBC wanting to cut down their hours to two a night. So, mm. in theory, like a third of their shows are on the bubble instantly because of that. But and it's definitely it, it seems to be in the the lower end of their shows right now. But that's why Peacock exists, though. So you know what? Just, yeah. Just just put it on Peacock. It's funny. <laughs> we could live with it on there. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's doing all right performance-wise, though. So I don't know. We'll still see what they do with it. Uh, but they did extend season one from. Uh, this was this was news like right before I was on vacation. Uh, so we never talked about it. But it they because they, they had like thirteen ordered, and they extended it to uh, eighteen. Well, technically it was twelve to eighteen, but I think that's because they did a pilot and then we did the pilot. So technically they had thirteen, but one of them. It's on air. Didn't really count. Although they did use parts of it in a later episode. So, you know, it's, 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 kind of, it's actually a lot like the hit television show, but for the Vampire Slayer, 
which season one's only 12 episodes, and the reason for that is because there was an unaired pilot that they decided to scrap. Yeah. Alternatively, you can compare it to, you know, going further back, uh, you know, Star Trek original series with the way they reused their pilot footage. Ah, yeah, true. Very good. Yeah, they used the cage and the, the two-parter halfway through season yeah. one. Um, this was less gimmicky than that. They clearly just shot some new stuff around it to make it fit. And, yeah, you know, so that no one really noticed. There's maybe a couple of... If you're really paying attention to how characters are talking to each other, maybe you can tell this was maybe earlier in the season, but there's still enough relevant new stuff in the episode that you never really felt it that much. There's no shame in reusing footage. You've, you've paid for it, you've got it. You If you yeah. can find a way to use it and it not be terrible, you know, power to you. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, that is that. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. So let's get into the news then, shall we, uh, for the week. Uh, renewals and cancellations up first. Uh, stars have renewed The Serpent Queen for season two. That's uh, the second eight-episode season. The only thing I know about that is I'm pretty sure it's a period drama. Yeah, apparently the season one finale is uh, on Sunday, so it's just finishing the season one. So this is this is your good news before the finale to get everyone in a good mood. Yeah, kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, I don't know much about it either, but I know it has Bear McCreary as a composer, so it probably sounds good. It probably sounds good. Yeah, he does good music. Yeah, yeah. If nothing else, it's got that going for it. Yeah, uh, and then Netflix renewed a comedy called The Upshaws for season three. Okay, I don't That's, know what that one is. Uh, Regina Hicks and Wanda Sykes uh, are behind oh, okay. it. Uh, and Wanda Sykes, uh, judging from this photo, was also in it, because I don't know who she is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, uh, just, just a sitcom, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then Industry has been renewed for season three by HBO. I'm going to say I'm impressed that there's a HBO show I've never heard of this on season three. But... Yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm like, <laughs> Usually, going into season three. even the stuff that doesn't appeal to me from Netflix, I feel like HBO is just such a big brand that I usually still hear about what they've got in passing. Yeah, maybe not in the first season, but usually by the time the second season's on, you kind of yeah. are vaguely aware it exists. Yeah, very weird, very weird. Uh, but... Yeah, so that's been renewed. And then we got cancellations. Uh, so first up, CW have uh, killed another show a little bit later. So it's, you know, it's upcoming season uh, will be its last. And that is Nancy Drew is ending with season four. Well, season generally speaking, isn't terrible. For the CW, it's it's quite low. but Yeah. Um, at least with this, they might have known before they finish writing the season because it's not it's not premiering until like mid-season so i assume they've maybe got a bit of time to at least the the last episode but the knowledge that it's ending you'd like to think so yeah yeah that would be the hope anyway uh apparently it's not an unexpected decision the discussions about the drama concluding its run after the upcoming season started months ago so that would imply that yeah at the very least they had a good idea that it might be at at the very least they should have assumed the worst and written for that potential outcome. Yeah. Uh, and then Showtime have cancelled City on a Hill after three seasons. Uh, this is a, a drama series, which uh, its third season just launched in September. Uh, I, th- I have heard of this one. I couldn't tell you anything about it, but I have heard the title. Same. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not... T- three seasons, you know, it's like a little trilogy of seasons. As long as it's not written with a cliffhanger to go on, it's not a three bad... Three seasons can be okay for a... Well, I'm yeah. assuming it's a prestige style of show. From yeah. 
Uh, Kevin Bacon's in there. More on him later. Uh, so, <laughs> how is there more on him later? Oh, there is. There's actually some Kevin Bacon news there. I, I love it. <laughs> and it's not just because he's selling you the best internet plan in the UK. Are you sure? <laughs> it does look so funny. It's Kevin Bacon's obviously a worldwide star, but he's got a very specific thing to him in the UK because he's been used for this ad campaign for like 15 years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of crazy how, how linked he is to that. Well, did it change to EE, the name, with him, or was it still orange when he started? I feel... Mm, I was going to say, I think he was there when it was still orange, but... It, nah, they may have launched, because before him, it was like all the... You know, in, the in the movies, in the cinemas, it was all the... That was the talking ru- phones. Ru- ruin your movie stuff and all that, yeah. And then it yeah. changed to Kevin Bacon with... Because uh, I think what you're maybe mistaken is that they were still doing the... the the two tickets on the Wednesdays. They were still doing Orange Wednesdays, just under, just not under the same name, for a little mm. while, and then that went away. But well, now, now, now to get that, it's makeup movies. Yeah, but while they were doing that, that's when you got the couple of ads where it was Kevin Bacon playing all of these different characters talking to each other. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. So I think I think it changed. I think they consciously had a big new, like he's our guy for this new name. Also, despite the fact that, well. I, maybe we, but probably just think of it as orange still, kind of automatically. I do, yeah, honestly, I still do. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's been a long time since that name changed at this point. Hey, they were called Orange Wednesdays for years. Yeah. I, 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 love, I love the idea that there are, you know, probably Americans listening to this, that you, you say you know, Orange Wednesdays or, me, you know, meerkat movies. And, like, yeah, most people in the UK just, just know exactly what it that just, means. But like it sounds so weird. So so EE just to explain this, and it used to be called Orange, but EE is just a a phone network provider in in the UK. That's just basically yeah. it. Uh, they do phone and internet, and they have Kevin Bacon does all their ads, and that that's I really it. Want to know when they changed name? <laughs> I want to say it was like twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. That's my guess. Oh, twenty twelve, thirtieth of October, twenty twelve. So. Almost 10 years to the day. All right. Well, it's been a decade. E. That makes me feel old, you know. <laughs> makes me feel old. All right. Uh, and then Netflix have cancelled another show, Bad Crimes, uh, which... Oh, that's why it's actually quite notable. That's the reason why I put this one at the end. So Netflix have cancelled Bad Crimes, which is an animated series, before it was released. It Interesting. Was, it was still in production. Uh, the animated comedy, which was to be voiced by Nicole Byer and Lauren uh, Lapkus, was cancelled. According to Variety, um, Nicole Silverberg, a former writer on Full Frontal with Samantha Bee, created the dark comedy and was also executive producer uh, alongside Greg Daniels and Mike Judge. Uh, it, it was announced in January and received a 10-episode order. And... Yeah, it, like... I'm, I'm getting <laughs> flashbacks to HBO Max... Oh and, yeah, uh, maybe some uh, tax loopholes kind of coming into mm. play here. Yeah, uh, bad crimes revolved around two FBI agents who travel across the country to solve grisly crimes while judging their friendship, career ambitions. That's personal, professional. There, I won't count uh, this one. Of, uh, yeah, I was going to say, do I do, do I need to drink? No, I, I, I won't count already. this. I won't count this one because this isn't the, the cancellations. But still, there's <laughs> a point out, and as many men as possible. Oh right. So yeah, so so. so uh, I, so yeah, I mean, I didn't know anything about the show. I don't remember it being announced, but it's just notable that they cancelled something before it was finished, which 
does kind of reek of that HBO Max. Oh, we, we can earn some tax credits back or something for this. Yeah, yeah. It feels like, obviously, Netflix have had their fair share of problems over the last year financially, pretty publicly, and, you know, with what they've been, you know, restructuring their entire strategies. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do wonder if this is maybe part of that, just like, you know, that we can, we can save more money by cancelling now, claim back what we can, and just pretend it never happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's a kind of a shame, because you like to think that when something's been ordered, you're guaranteed to be able to see it. But there's been a couple of examples this year of uh, that not being the case, sadly. So... Yeah, it was very rare. Like, I can think of a handful of occasions in the past where a show has been renewed and then unrenewed and cancelled, uh, you know, along yeah. the way. It was but a rare thing, though. But, but yeah. this year, it's like, oh, no, there's a slate of them all happening in quick succession because the the, the, the Hollywood accountants have realised they can get away with something here and they're second-guessing themselves. I so. do wonder if we'll see this a little bit more. Now that, you know, if, if it is the tax thing and HGO Max have kind of stumbled onto something, if everyone else is kind of going, hang on a second, what 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 are we doing now that we can actually save money on? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Moving on. Uh, so we did get a trailer this week for something. Now, I didn't make you watch it. You don't need to watch it. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you remember. There's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Vaguely aware. Yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, we don't actually know how long it's going to be, but their, their Werewolf by Night one, which is one they put out for October, was about 50 minutes. So probably be something similar to that. Kind of, kind of an episode of TV. Uh, but what's notable is this is, you know, the characters from the movies. It's, you know, it's just all the actors, they're there, and it's everyone. And the trailer was oddly kind of sweet because it was like, oh, no, this isn't trying to be anything other than just a nice Christmas. Like, the, the plot of it from the trailer seems to be, uh, Star Lord is upset because Gamora is like not around because you know the Gamora that's around now doesn't remember him because you know what happened in the movies. Continuity uh, bollocks. I, I won't yeah. explain it. Um, so the rest of the Guardians decide that oh maybe what would cheer him up is to go back to Earth for Christmas. So it's just a sweet Christmas tale of them trying to give him a nice Christmas. But of course, there's comedy in shows because a lot of them don't understand what Earth Christmas is supposed to be and what's appropriate and what's not. And that kind of thing. So it looks like you know, it's, it's not trying to have like there's no serious like they have to save anyone plot or anything like that. It's purely a Christmas episode story <laughs> with the Guardians of the Galaxy cast in it. And given those movies tend to be quite funny, uh, you know the characters are quite funny. That it seems like it may be where the the big thing from this this is where the Kevin Bacon news comes in. Do you remember there was a lot of Kevin Bacon jokes in the first two movies? I do actually. Yeah. Well. They decide that what would cheer Star Lord up for Christmas is if they get the real Kevin Bacon to show up for their Christmas party. <laughs> so the trailer features uh, Dax and uh, Mantis kidnapping the real Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I'm see, I, I you've not watched Archer, but um, no. he has a he has a whole thing for Kenny Loggins, um, mm. and there's an episode where he tries to get Kenny Loggins to come to play a, a baby shower. And it's like a whole, yeah, it's a whole thing. And I'm just like thinking of kind of that episode, essentially, kind of transplanted to this. Honestly, the first thought I had is that Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon is dead because now that he's in the MCU as Kevin Bacon, that connects him to everyone. The game's over. You can't yeah. do it anymore. <laughs> you can do, do basically 
everyone in the in the industry in two steps now. Yes, because Kevin Bacon's in the MCU, and he wouldn't actually have to play Kevin Bacon himself. But that just adds that's the cherry on top. He's he's just yeah. playing Kevin Bacon just to just to make it all work. So, uh, yeah. Honestly, it looked delightful, and I think it looked delightful because it wasn't trying to like bizarrely. Part of the things that's so like I'm kind of sick of of like superhero movies and Marvel movies, especially, is oh, there's a shitty villain, and there's going to be you know the big third act. Like, there's so many things that I'm sick of that it was actually kind of refreshing watching this just be no, they're just trying to put on a Christmas thing for for Star Wars, <laughs> and they're going to kidnap Kevin Bacon. So, I see potential. I think it's interesting as well. Like, I don't know how many. American shows and stuff like just do like here's your Christmas like obviously they have Christmas episodes like you know mm. buried in the middle of the season but how many of them do like just special releases just for Christmas it's a very UK thing right? yeah. you know, where we, you know, for decades it's just here's your Christmas episode and it'll, you know there won't have been an episode all year maybe and you'll get one on Christmas it's the sort of thing where you know because famously there's the Star Wars uh, yeah. holiday special and I I think it might have been a thing more for Less because TV shows ran up until and kind of through Christmas, barring a few weeks off anyway. So you didn't really need to do an extra special episode. You could just make it one of your episodes. Yeah. I think maybe things that are separate, like a musician or a movie or something that wants to do either a, a thing like this or a variety show, that's where you get your yeah. one-off specials. So I think that maybe Disney Plus are just like this is like a fun way of doing like one-off things here kind or of there, bridging that gap. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, maybe we're seeing more of it now. Because I think the difference with British TV is that you get six episodes and they may air in, like, March and April. <laughs> six episodes if you're lucky. Yeah. Might be three. So it's like, okay, yeah, we'll do a Christmas special because that's 25% more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a nice enough thing and hopefully it's it's fun. Uh, Werewolf by Night was, was all right for what it was. I did think the CG was a bit spotty. Hmm. Um, I heard some pretty mixed things about it. So I'm I'm kind of appreciative that this is just a a Christmas like get together story. Like there's there's not faff about with a, a plot. Let's just have the characters being fun and just have that. Oh, yeah. Well, as long as they don't get stuck in the biggest laundry section island, I think they'll be all right. That was an obscure reference to Father Ted for anyone who wasn't following that. Um. Uh, a Christmas episode, I assume, from you making it. There was a Christmas uh, episode, yes. Okay. Yes. I don't know. I want to see Dax kick Bishop Brennan up the arse, to be honest. Uh, that sounds quite good. <laughs> it does, yeah. Or Drax, not Dax. Sorry, I'm not in the Deep Space Nine. Drax. Drax. Good job, I know who you meant, isn't <laughs> too, it? Too many alien names in my life now. <laughs> They'll start to yeah. blur together. The curse uh, of pop culture. Yeah, so, yeah, interesting. All right, so we have a, a little return to a corner this week. Uh-oh. You said that with a with a look that makes me worried. We're going back to Yellowstone. <laughs> we, I know there was a that one of the shows had an edit announced. That happened to cross my yeah. Feet, well, that so. that was the first thing. Uh, the nineteen twenty three, uh, which actually the logo says nineteen twenty three, a Yellowstone origin story. So maybe they all have that underneath. Like they have a Yellowstone something just to make it clear what it is. Uh, but this is the, the Taylor Sheridan, uh, Yellowstone prequel series. It is coming on 18th of December uh, to Paramount+. Plus. Uh, notably, in the UK and Australia, it'll be December the 19th. So they're doing like a... Like, uh, it's not ideal, but it's, it's one day. And, I, and as well, you know, but I, I a get, lot of the times, if you think traditional airtime is being, you know, evening in yeah. the US... 
I, it kind of works out like that. I, yeah, I mean, I think... I want to say, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think Paramount Plus might actually launch things at, like, an evening slot. They don't do it at midnight, so this might be just them dealing with that and, like, okay, it's the next day in other places because of the time zone difference and the weirdness. And they can't have it launch earlier outside of the US because that would be a travesty, an insult to Americans. So, so the UK and Australia get a day later. But anyway, uh, yeah, so, yes. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was the I mean that was just one little bit. That was just a premiere date, not a big deal. But uh, there was some other news to go along with this. Uh, so this 1923 series is being extended from what it was supposed to be. Apparently, it'll now be two seasons rather than the one that oh. we thought we were getting. Uh, so uh, two eight episode seasons, so sixteen episodes total now. Interesting they're announcing this now and just shafting themselves out of all those limited series awards that they could have gone for. Uh, it may have been something to do with locking down the actors and stuff like that. Yeah. It may have been unavoidable. Uh, so, but yeah, apparently uh, there's two more in the works as well. That's the other bit of news. Two more Yellowstones. Two more Yellowstone shows. Oh, Jesus, there's so many. Uh, so, it's, you know, the, the, the Sheridan fellow so into the Dutton Ranch family uh, dynasty, as this article's putting it, uh, that he's contemplating two separate limited series that encompass the struggle to hang on to the ranch in the 1940s and the 1960s. So, there's your... your, your... John, I want to be cynical, but I can see the... I can see the logic behind it because if, if you're setting it in specific year like this one was, was it 1923 yeah I, I can see the logic in them wanting to oh let's you know let's see in the you know you know maybe the you know slide just post-war sort of thing you know yeah yeah you know end of world time i can see the the logic of wanting to see that progression and kind of doing them as just individual limited seasons as opposed to just you know the, i think a decade ago this would have been like American Horror Story style of just mm. they're, they're all one show it's just uh, we're going to jump around each season yeah uh, and this this 1923 one is the one that stars Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren so, so yeah. not not a small cast no the big names big names uh, so there's your Yellowstone news always want more Yellowstone you want to do uh, here's something a little bit more in our wheelhouse uh, the Green Lantern TV show, HBO Max. There's some news on this. Oh, I forgot this actually existed, because everything else they cancelled. Yeah, well, they're completely changing this. It is no longer the show that it was going to be. So, do you remember what it was going to be before? I honestly don't. I just well, remember there being a Green Lantern show. Before, it was going to be two timelines, and it was going to be Guy Gardner and Alan Scott were the two Green Lanterns. That does sound vaguely familiar. And yeah. they even cast those two roles. Uh, they're probably gone now, though, because now it's going to be a John Stewart show. Look, I like John Stewart. <laughs> I, I understand why they've made this choice. Mm -hmm. But Guy Gardner and Alan Scott are my two favorite lands. <laughs> so on a personal level, this kind of sucks. Um, I like Alan Scott. I'm not as big on Guy Gardner. Uh, I would say I like Alan Scott more than John Stewart, but I like John Stewart much more than Guy Gardner. So, I mean, I, I kind of break even on this. If I'm, yeah. uh, I, I, I understand, especially because I think there's there's an entire generation of people of people who don't read comics specifically. Mm -hmm. John Stewart is Greenland. Like, you know, that's that's the yeah. only one they've ever known, just thanks to you know cartoons. So yeah, I, I think it you, does make sense. Yeah, you've got that. You've also got the fact that he's one of the biggest and first 
well-known black superheroes that must be part of the appeal as well i mean obviously with alan scott you could have tackled the gay superhero which may have been part of the appeal before but they've changed direction for whatever reason so uh yeah also the showrunner who was going to be running it has left uh with this change and you know he could have stayed but i guess it also makes sense that now that the show's just a different show <laughs> he's like well this is not what i was developing so uh, yeah, off i, I mean, go it's pretty fair because it, it is essentially just an entirely different show they've they've, they've basically cancelled and then re-greenlit an entirely different show just happens to still be green lantern yes uh there's some puns to be made here with green lighting shows about Green yes. Lantern. Yeah, yeah. I, I, as I was saying, I was like, hmm. <laughs> I, like, I like how it got cancelled and then the ring just floated over to a new show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone on Twitter must have made a little the, uh, drawing of that. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just, just, there's so much potential. Uh, so, I mean, obviously I would love a good Green Lantern show. I would. I think the the key things that I I want or don't want from this at this point is that at this point the whole like big slate of having ten DC shows at once like that appeal to me is pretty much gone and sure don't get me wrong if they somehow made ten amazing DC shows at once then well I mean that's a different conversation but that would probably never happen. So, I mean probably not but given who's taken over the the film side of things maybe that'll trickle through. Well yeah so I I didn't, you know I didn't have that as a separate news story but this is a good place to. To bring this because you know, I was looking at this as more of a movie news item. Me and Matt talked about it a little bit in the comics uh, podcast. I that was a count as well, and yeah. honestly, it was it wasn't until we're talking about this right now that I did think maybe it'll have some impact, especially seeing as he does have some, you know, TV experience with DC already. Yeah, so it's uh, the news this week uh, it ties into this, I guess. I mean, they, they, they may not be behind this decision. This may have been a decision that was made right before they got hired for this role. But James Gunn, of course, director writer who did uh, the Suicide Squad movie just like last year, or was it the year and before? The, that? And the Peacemaker TV show. And the Peacemaker TV show that spun out of that. He's done another season of that. Um, obviously, he's also known, funnily enough, for Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which we just talked about. Uh, he and uh, Peter Serafin, I think his name is, uh, have been hired as the co heads of DC's film, TV, and media output. Uh, so effectively, they are the co-Kevin Feige's on paper. We don't. I mean, will it actually turn out to be that amount of power? I don't know yet. I'm not convinced it will be, but that on paper seems to be what they're doing with this. And I, you know, what I said to Matt was, is that like I'm glad for this. I like James Gunn properties or James Gunn content, I should say. But I, you know, I'm going to be a little skeptical and say, I'll put it this way: I don't know if this is going to result in the dreamland that we all hope for for the best of DC movies and TV. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to result in much of a difference overall. All I can say is, though, is that there needs to be a change, and this is not necessarily a bad one at, at face value. I think the worry is, in the same way that, you know, I feel like a lot of the Marvel content feels the same, mm. uh, and I, I know there are definitely people who would have wanted someone who shall remain unnamed, who used to have a large connection to the DC Universe uh, movies, to kind of, you know, be in this position. Uh, his movies kind of all felt the same. James Gunn movies, I'm not saying they all feel identical, they don't. But th- there's a very common tonal thread. Is that... I don't want every DC movie to feel yeah. like a James Gunn prop. Yeah, he has a very specific sense of humour, which is definitely in both Guardians and his Suicide Squad movie. Um... 
I will say his Suicide Squad movie, well, I didn't think it was like earth-shatteringly amazing or anything. I thought it was a solid, well-made movie that paid off all the character beats that it set up early on. It was constantly funny. Yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, you know, it was it was very solid uh, for what it was. So, um, you know, if he can curate, you know, different directors and things to come in and, and make, you know, you because know, we're still getting Matt Reeves' next Batman movie. That's going to be whatever it wants to be, with you know, aside from this. Um, and I don't really necessarily think James Gunn and co need to build a shared universe necessarily. They may want to, and if so, then you know what, knock yourselves out, give it a go. But yeah, maybe they'll try something different. And I don't know, be interesting to see if nothing else. I do wonder if, uh, like Peacemaker being so well received for someone who is effectively like an F-less character, <laughs> uh, the idea that he can elevate a character like that is maybe part of the appeal for Warner Brothers and hiring him. Yeah, possibly. It's kind of crazy to think, though, that if, if you if you trace this back, it all goes back to him being fired from know, Guardians because of some because of some tweets. I know it's so funny because obviously there was like stuff back and forth, and he actually had to come out and say, "Oh, there's no rivalry between anyone." Like Kevin Feige is the first person I told when I got the job. Like you know, like as I put it on the comments podcast, he's happily sitting on bags of money. Half of them have DC logos on them. Half of them have Marvel logos on them. He's a happy man. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. And he <laughs> very well should be, right? You, yeah. know, he, you know, he has, you know, made some, regardless of the quality of the films or what you feel about them, very successful movies. I think um, uh, th- this would definitely make me think, though, he's going to be spending more time with DC stuff now going forward than Marvel, because this feels like... He's inherently good. I mean, I'm not saying he's not going to do any Marvel content, but it feels like he's probably going to be so overseeing of the DC stuff that he's probably going to be tied more to that now. Yeah, I, I wonder forward. if they've put any sort of non-compete clause in it almost. Oh, like, no. It's like, you can't work on a Marvel thing while you're over here. Yeah, maybe. obviously he's got Guardians 3 coming out, but that's maybe, I think, be the last one, more or less. It so. definitely felt like it was yeah. kind of talked about like that for a while, yeah. So, you know, maybe, yeah, once that's out, like that's you, you're, you're kind of, you know, you're on the DC camp for a while now. Um, and that said, though, if, if they've given him the Feige power, then why wouldn't he want that role? Like that, uh, surely that's t- if you're a creator who cares about all these characters, that must be tempting. Yeah, yeah, it definitely must be. And you, I, I wonder if it means he'll make less content himself if he has yeah. to kind of oversee too much now. I think but, he's, I mean, he's he's been a pretty busy man for a long time. So I also think he's a smart enough dude that he'll be aware of what properties fit him better. Like, Suicide Squad fitted his style and tone. And I think, you know, he could do other characters from DC, but he won't necessarily take on, you know, Superman, because maybe he'll, you know, I'm not the guy for that. Like, I know I'm not, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I don't think I want to see a, a James Gunn Batman movie. No, no. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, so, you know. Uh, but yeah, that, that's my, ex- obviously it's fellow man television, so new TV properties underneath him uh, like this should be relevant. And, you know, I just hope it's a good show that I actually want to watch. That's all I want from it. That, that would be nice. <laughs> that's, yeah. all, that's all I care about at this point. Mm. Uh, like, the, the dream of all these shared universe things happening, like, as much as it's nice to think about sometimes, like, it's kind of bogged down a lot of creativity. I'd rather have five good shows yes, that are exactly. all completely separate than... And satisfying yeah, on their own right, four, yeah. four mediocre shows that are connected, and then one that's actually quite good. Legends of Tomorrow, was that with that one? Yeah, 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 it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
So there you go. That's the Green Lantern HBO Max news. So it's still coming apparently, but uh, it's now been completely shaken up and will be a new thing. So very good. Uh, Next up, uh, sticking with some DC TV news actually, it's still HBO Max. Uh, The Batman prequel series, which is going to be about Arkham Asylum, which was announced a while ago. Uh, Quick bit of news here. It's found its showrunner. Um, It will be overrun by Antonio Campos, who worked on The Staircase, which was a limited series that got a bit of buzz. uh, I want to say last year, maybe two years ago. Yeah, I barely remember. I think it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Regardless, uh, he's going to be the showrunner on it which has been produced by Matt Reeves. Um, and it's, it was originally going to be a, a GCPD show, but it changed to be more of an Arkham Asylum story uh, at a various point. Um, so again, all these HBO Max DC shows changing. This, this one at least felt kind of like a, a, just a creative choice, I suppose, rather than a cynical felt, thing. I can see the organic shift. I mean, yeah. Maybe it wasn't an organic shift. We, we, we don't know. But I can see how you can start writing about the GCPD and that kind of morphs into yeah. okay, you kind of lean in towards this Arkham. Maybe, maybe okay, you're introducing some of the Arkham guards, you know, that kind of work with them. And, and over time, you, you're kind of spending more time there than you are with the police. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Like at this point, it's just so up in the air. I mean, Matt Reeves' involvement does make it a little more interesting and just a random show by someone who I don't really know from their work. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll see what it turns out to be. Uh, but there you go. Um, all right, so here's your Doctor Who news. Uh, so the actual news that I've got is just kind of that it's, they've made a big deal with Disney so that outside of the UK and Ireland, it'll now be exclusively on Disney Plus uh, and the rest of the world for new episodes. And I have some classic stuff as well. I didn't read far enough ahead um, to see that. No, I think classic stuff's at least for now, still saying on Britbox, which I think is accessible from a lot of places. Oh, yeah, but what about, like, surely the US doesn't have Britbox. I think they can. I think there is a US Britbox. Oh, yeah. is there? Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that'll change eventually, since Disney Plus is way more. You know, maybe. And I think no like, one had. It's objectively quite huge news because I mean, yeah, uh, I think most of who aired on like BBC America. Uh, oh, I imagine so. Yeah. And over the last you know fifteen odd years of the show being back, it's had a bit of an American resurgence. It's kind of around the uh, the Matt Smith years. Like that, it, it kind of t- it kind of picked up in America quite a bit, but I mean, <sighs> Disney Plus will put the you know even even if they put the bare minimum marketing in it and just put like a, oh here's a banner to show oh we, we it's new and it's on here, that's that, gonna get a lot of eyeballs on it. That's why I think they'll eventually like license the maybe they just have to wait until the contracts run out. But I feel like they'll want the classic content just so they can have a tablet to do for Marvel and start like here's the Doctor Who tab and here's everything. Yeah, maybe. Uh, if they get to that point where they could I mean I'd say you put Torchwood on with it as well but that's maybe a bit adult for most yeah. for, for like the US version of Disney Plus obviously uh, uh, you know well actually not uh, anymore they've, they've added in like uh, they've started adding in things like the Deadpool movies and stuff So, they, but they make you like uh, set up okay. a parental password so I think they could put in Torchwood now okay that's it would, fine it would just fall under that because uh, obviously it happened earlier outside the US because they added the star section which had all the you know various R-rated content and stuff in it it's um, kind of crazy what's happened with Doctor Who. Like from a behind the scenes, like ignore the you know the the actual show itself, and you know, um, but just in the last year and a half or so, it's gone from you know 
relatively speaking, janky little BBC production, all kind of done in-house to uh, BBC still obviously distribute and own the, you know, the rights and everything, but it's produced by a Sony-backed company, now with Disney Plus money as well. Like, it, it's... The level uh, up. And, yeah, and, and, uh, <laughs> and all the creative control... BBC don't have creative control over the show either at the minute. It's the Bad Wolf production studio, which is the Sony-backed one that does, uh, along with you know, Russell T. Davis going forward. Yeah, and of course, Russell T. Davis was the showrunner before. He was the showrunner for, like, what, the first... From but, 2000... Yeah, from uh, all of the Eccleston and Tennant stuff. Yeah, so the first, yeah. like, five years of it, basically, uh, yeah. where it was came back. Cause, and I say five years and not five seasons, because it was, like, four seasons and, like, a year of specials or whatever. Yes. Uh, but um, yeah, and the, you get the new Doctor starting uh, when the new series comes back in late twenty twenty three. Uh, whose November. name I'm I'm going to butcher. Uh, yep. I, I'm just trying to say which letter is silent, and I'm not sure which one it is. No, me either. I've not listened to an interview with it yet. Nuti Gatwa. I'm going to say. I'm going to say the C because it's N C U T I. I'm going to say Nuti Gatwa. As good a guess as any. Because otherwise it's sooty or cooty, and I don't think either one of those sound right. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm sure we'll find out. You know, yeah. his 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 name is going to be said a lot. That that said though, if his name's cutie, then power to him. <laughs> like, yeah. walk into the room and own that. I'm cutie. <laughs> you can't deny yeah, we, it. We'll get the. Uh, I, I believe they're airing three episodes next November, which is the 60th anniversary. Yes, and I, 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 you know, I did see the crazy stunt they're pulling for that. They, yeah, they, they, it's, you know, it's I, public knowledge, I think, at this point. Yeah, but. I assume that was the end of the, the, the finale there was this. Yes, 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 yes. okay. Um, which uh, I'm interested in, definitely. I think it's a, it's a very safe option. But I, I, I'm interested, of course I am. I mean, he's... Um, most people I imagine who have been watching since 2005 are probably quite happy with this choice. I suspect that is the case. I actually, um, just, just while we're on very quickly, because I'm not going to talk about it anywhere else, uh, the episode was the end of an era, because obviously it was the end of, end of a Doctor, but also the end of a showrunner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, interest, it, was, it was interesting because much like a lot of this kind of showrunner's pit, tenure on the show it's uh it's kind of a mess in 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 a in a in a in a fascinating way though like there's a lot of things just being thrown at the screen and not all of it works but a lot of it's kind of really enjoyable uh especially i would say especially flux which was the kind of the six episode mini season kind of last year that that felt like that a lot uh this one like it was very much an episode of two halves, where the first half was like, "Here's all these random ideas," and then the second half kind of really, you know, went to town with it, and I enjoyed it a lot. How much did this uh, showrunner do? Was it like two seasons in a miniseries? Was that the? Yeah, two seasons. I think of like twelve, whatever, uh, a six-episode season, and then this special. I want to say. Okay. Oh right, yeah. Um. But. No, a couple of specials. We had a couple of specials this year, sorry, because I know there was one around Easter as well. So I've had three specials. Um, yeah, I think we had New Year's Day, Easter, and then this one that we just had. It doesn't matter uh, as much anymore because the streaming service is just having things in the right order, but 
all these random specials are a pain in the ass if you were collecting things on DVD yeah. or whatever back in the yeah. day. Yeah, they were. But it's all right now. Um, but it, it was interesting that this, this episode, it was, such a, it was such a love letter to classic Who as opposed to New Who. There was at least three emotional beats that probably had absolutely no relevance to anyone who's not watched any classic Who at all. Like it would be, I assume they just fall flat and were meaningless. But for longtime fans, there were some of my favorite moments. You know, in in the episode, there were you know there were great emotional beats. But also, you know, considering a lot of who the audience is, I don't know how that landed in the in the wider sphere. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, given that it has become a bigger hit worldwide, particularly in the US, I wonder if it's just a case of, okay, give us Disney Plus money so we can be an even bigger thing that'll look up to par with other premium shows that are made on, you know, things like Apple or Disney Plus or, well, actually Disney Plus shows are a little bit cheap looking, but <laughs> Apple Apple Depends and show, other yeah. shows, uh, other places do produce high quality content, you know, HBO or whatever. Uh, alright, well there you go, that's your Doctor Who news. Um... All right, what's this? Uh, oh yeah, uh, speaking of Apple, actually, uh, quick bit of news: they're raising their prices. Uh, Apple TV mm. Plus is going up. Um, it's nothing too bad, to be honest, because they were only at four ninety nine for the monthly price, and they got up to six ninety nine, which still puts them cheaper than every other service. So you know, it does. It's a bigger jump than you usually get, though. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that sort of thing where if they stay at that price for say three years, I don't think there's a problem. And even if they go yeah. up a dollar next year, I'm not even going to think it's so much of a problem either. But uh, compared to other services, like the only thing they were on par with was Shudder. And I would love Shudder to put their price up a few dollars and go to 1080p. I would love it. Put your price up, Shudder. still not even 1080p? No, it's 720p. Put your price up, Shudder. I'm begging you. <laughs> price up, higher bit rate in 1080p. Please, just do it. <laughs> just do the Even if it is just the, the Netflix model, essentially. Of and I'll tier. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> just, just do it. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so it's going from four ninety nine to six ninety nine for the monthly price, and it's going from forty nine ninety nine to sixty nine ninety nine for the yearly price. Uh, you know, honestly, it's it's not things things be going up. I got my uh, my YouTube Premium because I'm on a family plan. I don't think the individual ones going up, but the family plan. Yeah, it's just, it's just yeah, it's just the family plan that's going up. The individual ones staying the same. Uh, Apple Music's going up by a dollar as well if you happen to have that. Uh, which is obviously a separate service, but worth mentioning here. Yeah, honestly, every single service in the last year has pretty much either went up or is going up soon, so this is not a surprise. And if they haven't announced it yet, they will. Yes. Uh, this is just, you know, with everything else, inflation, you know, there's, there's... Because this is the thing, it's not just the cost of these services, like, everything has went up in price. Food. Food. Electric. Energy. Yeah. Yes, everything has just, been up in the last year, so... The basic standards of living... And, and now more expensive. Yeah. So, as far as these things go, I can basically just justify they're literally spending more money themselves on electricity to beam the shows to us, so they have to raise the prices. <laughs> as silly as that sounds. Like, there's a logic to this that not follows on from everything else going up. So. Yeah, I know, uh, like, on, on like a, a small scale, like my, my workplace, we, we are busier than we have been, like, in years. Uh, and the profits I'd like you know, much, much lower than they have been just because the sheer cost of electricity and keeping mm -hmm. everything on 
all the time is actually that that expensive that it's you know you know more than you know counterbalancing the the increased sales well, that was the big problem with all the, these energy prices going up is that a lot of things that are you know just independent shops or stores or pubs or or restaurants are thinking about closing because it's just not worth trying to run yeah uh, i know a lot of them already have especially in you know in the uk specifically there's you know there's there's policies in place to protect uh, individuals like you know in, in your home you know there's a, there's a firm cap on how much you're allowed to be charged it's still obviously too high for a lot of people and and is causing yeah you know probably in problems but there is nothing like that on businesses there is no restriction it's just yeah. wholesale prices whatever it is oh yeah it's, it's gotten it got really bad it was about to get astronomically worse and then finally the government stepped in and said something and said nope <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But that, that's, took them a while, though. That's a whole topic for another another time. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, to put it to put it simply, uh, most people were about to be paying more in electricity than they were in rent <laughs> if 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 things hadn't stopped where they did. Yeah. So yeah, it was you know, it was extreme. It was a wild wild couple of months waiting for the uh, government to get a kick up their arse to do some. Uh, so let's get out of the, the animateds and the comedies uh, that have been ordered shall we uh, or in development at the very least uh sausage party which was a movie which i va- I, I, I remember yeah yeah i vaguely remember it existing I, I, i've watched about three minutes of it well amazon have ordered a spin-off sh- series of it <laughs> of course they have yeah uh so yeah so they're saying the movies had voices of seth rogan Kristen wegg michael Sarah, uh edward norton um, I remember Seth Rogen. I feel like it, yeah. it was the, the main one. Yeah. Well, the, the good news is they're all returning. So, that's a, I mean, I guess it's voice work, so it's easier to get people back for that, because, you know, it's a couple of days in a booth versus a shoot, but... Uh, it always is, but it's still... You know, they, they're they not cheap. You know, obviously yeah. it's cheaper to get them in a booth than it is on camera, but it, they're still, you know, relatively expensive compared to some, you know, you know what you could be paying. So joining them is Will Forte, Sam Richardson, Natasha Rothwell, and Yasser Lester. Um, uh, it's in production just now, and the title of this, uh, I presume, limited series, uh, but then maybe not. I don't know. Uh, is Sausage Party Fotopia? The only thing with this is that you could just call it Sausage Party. It's just a TV show instead of the movie. Like you don't need a subtitle. It is, but it's it's not like terrible as far as they go. Fotopia. Not great, but I mean, we've we've discussed a lot worse titles. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we got a couple of comedies in the works at CBS. Are you ready for these bad boys? Oh, always. Yeah, CBS just mm. loves to develop deliver quality content. So first up, we have CBS developing. She gets it from me, syphilis. Uh, a semi-autobiographical single-camera comedy from Emmy winner Dan Bukatinsky. Bukatinsky. Uh, who worked on Scandal, inspired by his journey as an adoptive parent. Uh, he's joined by uh, Cristela Alonso uh, from Cristela, uh, who is set to star and write and co-write. Sorry, she's set to star and co-write and executive produce with uh, him. So, yeah. So the attention is for her to star, uh, but there's no acting deal uh, at time for uh, Dan to star. He, he might star in it as well, because he's also an actor, but uh, only Remains she, to be seen. Yeah. yeah, only she has actually locked in as an acting deal right now. 
she gets it from me centers on what happens when the teenaged adopted daughter of two hyper devoted straight laced suburban gay dads seeks out a relationship with her uniquely bold techno prisoners latin birth mom played by alonzo uh, the series examines a contemporary blended family a poignant and hilarious exploration of the shotgun marriage of not only the birth mom and the adoptive parents, but also the complications and joys of blending both their big, noisy, multi-ethnic and multi-generational families. Multi-generational is one of the rules for sure. Uh, yes, it was. Yes, and it honestly, was. I think at this point, uh, the word blended or blending in the context of like blending uh, mixed race people together I feel like is teetering on a rule at this point because we'll see if it comes up again. That was but... very buzzwordy. There was a lot of buzzwords in that last part. It was. I will do my due diligence and I will crack out the liter bottle <laughs> of, of, of the, the good stuff. Multi generational families, multi ethnic and multi generational. Oh man, they really hit us with those words there. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. So there's the comedy about two gay dads getting to know the birth mom of their daughter. Maybe the whole point being that. Oh, she's a teenager now, she maybe needs a woman's influence or something is what they're thinking, so they reach out to her and we get a weird, wacky trio kind of, not an actual romantic yeah. relationship, but just a, you know, a working partnership, if you will. So but not professional. But not professional, no. <laughs> there was no professions mentioned <laughs> in there. Uh, yeah. Before I have to the last sentence, just tacked on, also, their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, if that ever happens, they're doing it just to spite me. <laughs> Because you can't argue the rest of it was very, very personal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so there you go. Uh, next up from CBS as well, we've got a show called Book Club, which is a single camera comedy for me, myself, and I do Dan Kopelman and Susanna Wolf uh, from Aaron Kaplan's Capital Entertainment. He, he's almost a drinking role at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to go into a coma. <laughs> uh, so written by that pair, uh, Book Club is about a group of dispirited women who form a book club and promptly discover that they are stronger together. Especially because their first reading selection is a spell book that gives them witch powers. <laughs> Alright, okay, you got me in. That, that took a twist. Unfortunately, the powers are all the last ones they would ever choose. Uh, so it's all like monkey's paw style powers. They don't like them. Yeah, okay. okay. I can but see that being fun. It's a comedy though, so that makes sense that it would be silly. Yeah. Or at least things that they don't like. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, it's a CBS show, so I'm assuming I'll, I'll hate it anyway. But, I mean, the premise is all right. The, the sitcoms are not as inherently bad as the dramas, I would say. That's fair, but I can't think... Of, I mean, I'm going back to, like, Everybody Loves Raymond, I think, to find a CBS sitcom that I didn't dislike. <laughs> um... I know there was one that followed a family. Well, like, it was like each episode was like five minutes following a different member of the family. That was like five or six years ago, I think. Okay. That was I watched like a, a season of that, and and that was, that was solid. That yeah, wasn't torture. Okay. All right, moving on to the dramas. Um, apparently Disney Plus is at it again, and they're going to do a follow up to One Division. Simply, uh, but the Vision is going to be called Vision Quest. Uh, it's a potential series uh, which is opening a writer's room next week and it's going to be obviously about uh, Paul Bettany's character, The Vision, trying to regain his memory and humanity. Uh, so, well, the focus is on Vision. There is a possibility of Wanda appearing. Uh, I'd expect it. It'd be kind of weird if she didn't, ultimately. But, yeah. So it's kind of... 
So it's not quite a season two to one division, but they're shifting because that was definitely more about her. And Vision was like a you know a prominent second character. It was, and, obviously, and they've also followed her up in like some movies after yes. that. Uh, whereas this is going to be his show. Uh, maybe she won't be there every episode, but I think she'll. If nothing else, I expect her to pop up in the last like, episode or two. Yeah, I was going to say, I can see it holding off on her until towards the end. Yeah, and don't forget, we've also got uh, Agatha House of Harkness, with uh, which is another spin-off based on another character from that show coming. Yeah. This one definitely feels a little bit more cynical. And, and again, not that, that this would inherently be a bad show. I think that's a perfectly fine premise. Right? Yeah, I made that clear. But the way they're like, yeah, we we know we want to do it. We, we got an idea. We're going to put a writer's room together. We'll, we'll, we'll get it sorted. Like, no one has come to, oh, I've got, I've got an idea. It's just, it, it feels very corporate. You say, more so than a lot of them. I mean, you say that. I, I don't think I've rolled my eyes harder announcement from Marvel than Agatha, the House of Harkness, to be honest. That one really made me go, really? Mm. No, I, mm. I, I get where you're coming from. That, that <laughs> felt like a, that felt like a reaction in the same way that Stranger Things had the uh, the Justice for Barb overreaction. Oh, right sure, there, yeah, next yeah, season. yeah, yeah. But at least that wasn't that wasn't a show. <laughs> it, it wasn't, but yeah. I, like you, you could you can see it in oh, the writing. Imagine, oh, we're doing a fake docu series set in the world of Stranger Things called Justice for Barb, and it's just going to be like a mockumentary about finding justice for Barb. It, it, it's definitely not quite as bad as as the. Yeah. yeah, the Agatha spin-off. But you could still feel its influence of the real reaction seeping yeah. in. Uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, definitely probably not going to be great. I mean, maybe it'll be fine. Maybe they you know, you, you can give, you know, you can give a, a cynical idea to a talented writer and they'll come up with something good. Sure, but yeah. That, that is, you know, the job of work for higher writers. But, but also, very cynical, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. And I'm someone who liked One Division until the last episode just completely shit the bed. And part of the reason why I didn't like the last chunk of One Division uh, was the Agatha character, to be honest. <laughs> so can't say I'm particularly thrilled at the uh, the the idea of it. Uh, so yeah. Um, next up, we're going go with Netflix. Jason Bateman and Jude Law are teaming to develop Black Rabbit, a one-hour limited series at Netflix. Um, both are attached to star and executive produce, with Bateman also directing. So this is very much like their their baby, if you will. Yeah, uh, he he did Ozark, right? That was him. He directed. I mean, he directed every episode. But yeah, he was a no. But he was yeah. pretty heavily involved. So he has like a pretty strong relationship with Netflix. And he's direct. He's directed at least. You know, he did the Gift a few years ago, which was fairly well directed. So you know, he's he's definitely an accomplished director at this point. Uh, so it's not surprising to hear that. Uh, so, yeah, it comes from Bateman and Michael Costigan's uh, aggregate films, um, along with Law and Ben Jackson's Riff Raff Entertainment. They all have their own little, like, studio things now, don't they, with it, just to get them extra credits. It'll, it'll be business, like, accountant things as yeah. well. Like, you, you can do it all separately, you know, it's all paperwork and, you know, followed. And Yeah, but it also that. means they need to get paid for both being an actor and an executive producer on, like, everything they're involved in. <laughs> I think the thing is, they presumably would, even if they didn't have the company, it's just this this way it's easier for the... Okay. It's easier okay. for the tax, tax dodging. I'm not, I'm not blaming them. I'm just cynically pointing it out. Yeah, I mean, if you <laughs> could all. get a double paycheck for everything you did. I mean, I'd do, yeah, I'd do it, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if... Uh, we got a nice wee description in here somewhere, I don't know. 
Uh, oh no, the premise has been kept under wraps. That's why I can't find. <laughs> okay, uh, fair enough. I just mentioned this will be the first time these two have worked together if it uh, goes forward. So uh, yeah, no premise as of yet, but obviously a couple of big names. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So. Could be a, could be a big thing for them. Uh, and then the last news item of the week, but there already not a lot of uh, new shows to talk about. Uh, here at the end. Long time of year. Yeah, but FX have given a pilot green light to The Benz, a drama from homicide creator Paul Atanasio. 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 Maybe it's Atanasio. Like, That's probably what I would go with, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, and Fargo and Dope Sick executive producer Warren Littlefield's involved as well. Uh, so based on the novel Killing Ground by Gerald Seymour, the thriller series follows a seemingly perfect American family in Berlin whose secrets come to light when they hire a new nanny unaware that she is trying to expose the parents' corrupt financial and familial ties. Financial and familial, that's... Yes. Oddly close, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, uh... uh do, do, do you want to make a rolling on that? Ah, <laughs> uh, go on. Uh, any excuse. Oh, because it's the last story. Financial and familial ties. <laughs> that sounds professional and personal to me. They've even got the alliteration there. They do. It's just a different, you know, letter. Mm. <laughs> That's how they shook it up. They went, we'll go with that. We'll go with the F words instead of the the P words. Yeah, shaking <sighs> things up. Just you know, keeping keeping us on our toes. Yeah. So I say uh, this guy worked in Homicide Life in the Street, which I have heard nothing but uh, fond things about from people who watched it when it aired, uh, and people have credited as being kind of the gateway that eventually led to things like The Wire. Uh, but it was a network show because this was before. You got big cable shows, so it was kind of this weird time in history where there was actually a few network shows who were really doing insane things and pushing the envelope in a way that, you know, you don't see in network TV, because all of that's moved to other platforms now. So it's just it's very interesting. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of that. You can kind of track it. There's a lot of stuff in like the, the late 90s, early 2000s, and then there's, just, there's this shift in the late 2000s where all of a sudden most things were shifting to cable and streaming instead of uh, trying hard on network. Start offering them money. Well, I think I think it's partly. I think it's also partly because it's just so much easier to get cancelled on network TV. Like everything is always on the bubble. You'd have yeah. to hope you got renewed, so on, so on. Cable, yeah. for the most part. I mean, obviously Netflix are quite cancel happy, but cable and streaming for the most part seem to be a bit more set in stone. Once you're, if you're, as long as you're a semi hit and people care about you, uh, you'll it's probably more job security. Yeah. So. Uh, as far as the premise goes, you know, it sounds simple enough. Uh, nothing particularly excites me, but nothing's a red flag either, you know? Yeah, I mean, it sounds okay. Like, yeah. it's the sort of thing where I could see myself watching a trailer for this and being wowed by it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just kind of down to the, uh, you know, where it ends up. I mean, it's not an FX, but like, you know, what sort of level of prestige it ends up landing at. Is this a... Uh, their attempt at winning some Emmys, or is it their attempt at just kind of having some fodder? But yeah, uh, given the uh, other producer there was mentioned behind like Fargo and stuff, I would wonder if this is something that's going to be in the, I'll call it the Fargo slot at some point in the year when Fargo's not on. Which is not a, a bad profile slot to be in. Oh, no, for, not at all, not at all. Uh, not that Fargo's even on every year, because obviously it's spread out, but I'm just thinking something that can appeal to that same audience is probably what they're what they're going for it probably is something that hey between seasons of fargo maybe we can actually have something else that will appeal to people yeah so no 
there you go. Uh, that is the that is the news for the week, though. Uh, oh, a nice, just almost exactly an hour. Well, I mean, it'd be a little bit over by the time I finished outroing, but hey, not bad. Not too, but not too uh, intense for the first one back. It's not, and, and now I can go finish my book, which actually, which I've been reading because obviously it's October, so I've been reading some some horror books. Well, you've been reading. Uh, I've been reading the Terror. Oh yeah, we watched the uh, season of that back in the day. Yeah. Um, it's a very dense book. It's like <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. Actually, I think I think it's a little bit of a long. It sags a little bit in the middle, but uh, it, it's been, I've had an, enough distance from the show that you know I remember all the, the you know the, the the major beats, the characters, but the details are kind of fuzzy. Mm. So it's been I couldn't tell you exactly what's you know changed and how accurate I, it was anymore. I bet there's so much describing the creaking of the ship. It's like creaking. Less than you'd think, okay, I would say. Okay. But um, I will say the thing that I you know, remember most from the show, distinctly, obviously, you know, would be the the tone, the mood, and I think the book. You know, I think that's what it adapted perfectly from the book. If nothing else, mm. is that that mood is there. It's ever present in the book as well. So that's why I would want adapted. Actually, if you're going to adapt something, like make it feel like the thing. Details. So like details, they probably have changed. I, I don't remember yeah. enough specifics to know what has or hasn't. But the characters, they're all recognizable enough from what I remember them. Um, and then just that feeling, you know, that that kind of that dread, that uh, you know, that you know, that obscure, just out on the ice, just everything, kind of just being, you know, this mystery. That that's kind of there for you know, the vast majority of the book. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, cool. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the vote for the the pilots I'm going to cover next month is still ongoing, so I don't actually know which ones I'm going to be doing yet. <laughs> so, uh, I do know that in the mix next month, uh, eighteen ninety nine starting. So, uh, oh, that's the one from the Dark Creators. It is, yes. Uh, and it's a proper big trailer. You can go watch that now. Uh, that came out like last week. I want to say. I think I watched it when it came out. Um, I'm intrigued. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a very simple setup, actually. It seems to be, oh, they're on this boat, and then they find another boat that's derelict to sea, uh, which is something I've seen done many a time, both on the water and in space. <laughs> like, it's a very yeah. typical setup, for I, sure. I suspect it will not say stay simple by the end no, of the season. No, I, I suspect not to. I suspect there'll be charts and... Uh, Shenanigans. Pin boards and the red strings going from photo to photo. The Charlie Day memes. Yes. Uh, I suspect there'll be all of those things uh, by the time it gets underway, but... Uh, yeah, you go. That is uh, almost cancelled this week. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we always appreciate it. Of course, you can uh, support everything by hitting the super thanks button or go over to patreon.com slash TV and getting some bonuses for your trouble. Uh, most weeks you get this a little bit early, the news show. Uh, you get that on the Saturday and then it goes out publicly on the Sunday. So if that's of interest, uh, head over there and uh, have a have a look-see at all the things on offer. Uh, of course, you can also support us by liking, subscribing, commenting, uh, sharing the channel or whatever on Twitter. Uh, also worth mentioning uh, the movie channel, Mail Fuzz Movies, where all the movie podcasts live. Uh, there's a horror movie podcast, Screams After Midnight. There's a sci-fi movie podcast, The Atomic Cyber Experiment. And the new show, which is starting next week, The Collector's Cut, uh, is a sh- new show with myself and David, where we are going to be going through franchises and like sort of themes. Uh, so the first franchise we're doing is the Dirty Harry franchise. So uh, our review of the first Dirty Harry movie is going up on the 5th of November, which is easy to remember uh, for 
obvious reasons if you're either from the UK or you've seen V for Vendetta. So, uh, There's a lot of the, the, the population of the people who I assume are watching this. Yes, yes, so yes. Remember, remember the 5th of November, but uh, that's uh, coming next week, so make sure you go uh, have a look at that if you're interested. But uh, yeah, that's the show. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla?